Sheila fell on her knees. It was the dumbest plan of her lifetime. Drunk Madari, on the other hand, had this godlike perception of Kutaya with multiple hands emanating from him. He knew there was more to the project. Madari, in return for what? What do we get for killing her? Kutaya, now you're asking the right question. We demand a place in the governing body of the balancers. A place in the governing body of the balancers meant something for Kutaya. He pronounced the last line as if the chair belonged to him in the first place. He considered himself worthy enough to have the esteemed pleasure. Sheila, and they would give us the opposition. Why? Kutaya, you know I always wondered why it is so easy for girls to move on from a relationship as if it was an obsolete thing. Sheila, what? Kutaya, just answer please. Sheila, when a girl breaks up with a guy, it is not sudden decision. She had decided on it months ago. That is why men think that we move on fast. Also, the fact is girls can accept things faster than boys. Kutaya, I knew it. Madari, don't you worry, Lulu. Kutaya must have thought this through. Sheila, what is Lulu? Madari. You know like when you have to give someone a cute name you put a u as a suffix in their name like pogu ninu sushilu can be susu hence lulu Madari went to look for his phone he loved to drink and chat with his ex Sheila was more than irritated to share the villa with two crazy out of mind boys who called themselves men They waited there for days impatiently while the PM had most of the things under his control The bill was passed in the winter session of the parliament The reservations of the Supreme Court were flawed with a bench of 5 judges. He was on a vacation of a lifetime. On the positive sides, camps were erected in selected cities and villages for the poor and unemployed to register themselves. Now teachers were being elected for schools and colleges. Before people voted on the bill, the PM ensured that glimpses and fragrance of its success could be felt far and wide. Sheila and Madari bonded as friends in the kitchen while Kutaya was heavy on his daily dose of booze. Madari, want to eat something? Sheila, you cook? Madari, yeah, totally. I know how to cook. Just haven't tried in the last thirty years. Sheila, why don't you give it a try? Make a roti like a normal person. I'll teach. Madari, we don't have a bail in the. Sheila forwarded an empty beer bottle to use as a bailin and suggested not to make excuses. Madari, you know we guys are so obsessed with our own problems as if we are the center of the universe that we forget there is a world outside. Sheila, who are you? I like drunk Madari better. Madari, I mean I was all into the plan of course I was drunk then but if you give it a thought, what's there for us? He is Kutaya. He'll strike a deal with anyone. If he succeeds he gets a chair what about us for god's sake he saved me just because he wanted the horse sheila you actually buy the story that he saved you for the horse he is good at heart you know when i had to shoot him i was scared and looked into his eyes and madari are you sure you don't have feelings for him sheila no no it's not that when i was about to shoot him he did not want to die He was not sure that he was coming back. What if he is not Kutaya? 
If the truth be told, no one knows what Kutaya looks like. He has never taken a stable get-up, keeps experimenting with fashion and prosthetics. From the edge of the window, Sheila saw a car advancing towards them. The driver moved toward their door as if they alarmed themselves. Strangely, the driver had the keys to the villa. Madari was about to hit the driver's head with an iron rod when Kutaya woke up and begged them to stop. The driver sat inside, watching the two as Kutaya sat inside the car in the back seat. Sheila and Madari had no intention of entertaining the driver and he was in no mood to be comforted. Kutaya came out with a briefcase and a cigar. The brand of the cigar was very reminiscent of the painter. The driver left the house as Kutaya opened the suitcase in a sealed envelope. The wax had the imprint of the balancer's stamp. Inside was the assignment and operating procedures with a list of names and faces that would help. Sheila, you lied that the painter died? You did this to involve yourself in the project as she maintains a good rapport with the community you wish to be a part of? Kutaya, yep, gold is gold. She gets to bring back whoever she wants from the dead as we climb the real ladders. Madari, so what is the plan? Kutaya left the document on the table for them to go through as he headed for a shower. Madari brushed through the agreement. It was a close call. The chances of executing the plan successfully was trivial. He continued to have reservations. Madari, we should back off. We can run away. No one will ever find us. Look, I read the job details and believe me, it is a trap. Sheila, none of our jobs are cheesecake. When did you become so pessimistic? Madari, I have been with him for months. You have spent ages. Yet what do we know about him? There is no trust. He saved us just to use us for this job and it is you who said that it will always be Ahana. Kutaya came out of the washroom and saw the house empty. Sheila chose Madari's side. For once, he thought that he had a partner or at least deserved one. However, he was more hurt because he had ordered beer for all three. Madari was not all correct. Kutaya opened up after a long time. To begin with, he revealed the miscarriage file of Ahana. People like him deal with deception daily and have trust issues. But people also leave him for the same reason. The typical life of a loner Kutaya. So doomed, he chose to carry on with the plan alone as always. The Queen was staying at the Moonstone Hotel, New Delhi. Three floors, one above and one below, were booked for the safety. She did not remain in a single room and the Royal Security Guards monitored the detail of her stay. The windows of the windows were blackened and were replaced with bulletproof ones. Every person working on the floor had an identity card. The food she ate and the water she drank was tested and certified. She walked only on the red carpet perfume to her likings. She had a pulse meter on her arm and a team of doctors tracking her health 24-7. Anyone staying at the hotel was cross-checked for history. Kutaya landed in New Delhi and asked for a last favour from John. John had a clean record and booked a room two floors above the esteemed guest. He checked into his room and made sure that all the cameras caught him. A few hours later, John exited the hotel, again making sure that the cameras looked at him. He got inside a cab waiting for him, outside and aboard for Kutaya's next signal. After some time, Kutaya entered the Moonstone Hotel with a face mask 
to resemble John. It was not his first impersonation of the man. He knew how he walked and talked. With John's knowledge, he knew where cameras would be. The reception gave him the keys as he moved to John's floor. He changed the costume to keep a fake mustache with charming brown eyes. Later, he removed the mask, broke into another room on the same floor, dressed as a service boy. He locked the room from inside and looked at his watch. In just ten minutes, the room service would deliver the queen her dress for the evening supper. Balancers had an inside man who designed the dress to be slightly uncomfortable on the left hand. It was a left hand where she wore her medical device that updated the doctor about her constant health. This would force her to remove those devices for some time till the servants dress her up. There was no camera in her room for privacy. This gave Kotaya window to execute the plan and run away before the emergency team knew about the eavesdrop event. He prepared a gun with routine things in the room that were camouflaged to look normal, like the bulb boulder as a muzzle, the shower rings as trigger guards, the bullets in the aquarium, the silencer in the shape of candle blower. He needed Madari to cut the emergency power supply in the building in Sheila to lure a few guests. But alas, they were not there and he was going into the den alone. He threw a thick rope out of the window to be used later. He took the stairs to the floor where the queen stayed and as a part of the plan, released a fluffy white Havanese dog in the lobby. The cute dog ran like a baby leopard. He asked a room service guy to help him and snapped his head when the camera faced away. He dragged the body to the stairway and hid it inside a waste container. He took the guy's ID card and entered the floor of concern. He missed Madari for problem number two. There was a constant feed of visuals from outside the queen's room. Madari would have been handy to alter the graphics, but of course, nothing would change thinking about him. It was time when the dress was delivered inside. The medical devices would be off her body any second and there was a small window of fewer than five minutes with him. He set a timer and hummed a piece of music, kind of a whistle. The puppy was outside the room adjacent to the queen. The whistle made the puppy urinate at the door. The occupant came out because of the smell and Kutaya, dressed as a hotel service boy, went to rescue and asked the delegate to stay in the room while he wiped the floor clean. The dog was caught and taken away. The security room had no objection to the turn of events so far. Two minutes in hand, he entered the room to clean the carpet inside. He closed the door, putting a bullet in the occupant's head when out of camera scope. There was a painting in the chamber, a large portrait of Captain Hector Barboza, a character from the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. However, one eye of Hector Barboza's painting was a hollow tube which not many knew about. The hollow tube ended in the room when Queen stayed. Just one minute remained. The security was commanded to check if everything was alright in the room Kutaya entered. With steps advancing, he put the muzzle in the eye of the painting. He peeped through it again to aim at the Queen but was awestruck. He did not have a clear vision. The guards started knocking on the door. Someone was standing in front of the Queen. However, that was not an issue as the gun he held was a small prototype of MCX carbon capable of piercing through two bodies, killing both the person and the queen. The real problem was that the person blocking the shot was Ahana. She was not meant to be there. She was not on the list of people that queen had to meet. Someone had made a last moment adjustment. Guards are knocking heavily now. He panicked. He shivered. 
His palm sweated, and he took the call. The bullet left the gun. Ahana fell on the ground as he missed the queen completely. The cry and scream of the queen streamed the guards towards her room, which gave Futaya the time to open the window, grip the rope that he had thrown, and return to the room two floors above. He shifted to John's room and wore his face mask to resemble the white guy. He left a message that it was time to swap positions. John received the word and walked to the hotel as Kutaya took to the lift. It was late. The hotel was put under complete lockdown. They saw each other through the glass door but backed off from the plan. John turned and ran to the cab which took him. Kutaya retired to the room impatient. The balancers double played him. The bullet pierced through Ahana's left shoulder. It went through the infraspinatus region that houses significant arteries of the bodies the bullet's sheer force tore the arteries and caused a hemorrhage the security immediately applied blood clotting gauges to prevent further blood loss from her body the queen's team of doctors was alerted as they came to rescue and took her for intervention for debridement the queen cancelled her visit to the red fort public day ceremony which brought disgrace to the nation and the prime minister's aura the country seemed no more safe for her she was evacuated from the hotel after getting clearance and headed straight to her charter plane her departing comments had all worthy wishes for a speedy recovery for the rising leader of the country delhi police and the special forces there interviewed everyone and anyone with an eye They had footage of the back profile of the man who entered the adjacent room to the queen and tried to match his height and shape to all staying at the hotel. 12 men were suspected and interrogated extensively about their whereabouts. Kutaya was not one of them as he had masked as John and the accused footage was not of a white man. The police took the dog along to see if it responded to any face or smell. The puppy jumped from their hands and ran straight to Kutaya and licked him. Kutaya was taken in for questioning. It was a dead end for him. He did not fight or try to escape but removed the prosthetics and accepted the crime. The United Kingdom government wanted him extradited. The prime minister could not take the risk as it could expose his association to the man. The balancers were ordered to clean up the mess before the rabble ruser landed on the foreign land. For this, the PM had to pay a hefty price. Sheila and Madari looked at the news. Kutaya was airlifted with no media present. Madari was relieved that he took the right call but Sheila felt the guilt the horse did not eat from the hands of any On the day of the crime Pradeep sneaked into Ahana's hotel room in the dustbin he found a small yellow cylindrical empty uncapped plastic bottle Ahana had taken many painkiller tablets that day as if she knew she would take the bullet as if she was part of the plan a few months passed and ahana won from a constituency with glittering colors she was finally the chosen representative of west bengal ready to serve for the entire term the pm could no longer bring the bill to the house as he had lost significant support from the public with the new leader and opposition in the democracy he knew and the country knew that ahana was gearing up for the mega show the fate of the prime chair had to be decided on the public podium now Ahana was more than a celebrity or a guru. She was a fighter who took a bullet for the country's pride, a ray of light that all females wished to become. Though she was still reserved, this time the public wanted her to stand as a prime ministerial candidate. Pradeep went to Ahana's office with a bouquet of flowers. Pradeep, 
welcome back to the office congrats you're finally the chosen one ahana you don't seem to be satisfied by the mandate pradeep if it is any solidification i did vote for you he put forward the yellow cylindrical plastic bottle in front of ahana pradeep well you fooled almost all you knew about the assassination i checked there was no appointment for you on the queen's time table you slipped in and you were prepared i already feel like a weak character with no role in the narratives that is happening around ahana served herself a drink kutaya is gone maybe you should rest a bit take a leave i would say the maldives yes an entire state sponsored tour enjoy with your family and make arrangements pradeep did not feel comfortable around her anymore he chose to leave the room lowering the flowers on the table she was powerful aiming to be invincible just like her predecessor the local political parties of different states wished to sponsor her for the national assembly elections debates had started about a mega coalition while at work ahana's secretary called her to fit in a visiting guest a wealthy looking lady who wished to contribute to her campaigns ahana had no reasons to push such an offer away the lady walked and bumped into pradeep she said to him escaping the eyes of many around I already feel like a weak character. Was too dramatic, don't you think? Pradeep gave her the smile of the century as if both were best buddies. When she entered Ahana's room, if it may be any compliment, Ahana stopped the work to look at the confident steps, dressed in cream-colored hand-embroidered sari. Let's not talk about a jewelry that shone more than the LEDs in the room or hair that waved as if having a life of its own but her dark yellow eyes She sat in front of the lady in a chair of authority but it seemed that her chair had more weightage she introduced herself as Ira Ahana Thank you so much I have not agreed to run for the post of prime yet if the truth is told you are the first to donate to the new cause we will rebuild our country Ira my husband is a well known broker he talked about you a lot it is he from whom I come to know you better Ahana Have I met your husband? I'm genuinely sorry it does not ring a bell. Forgive my ignorance. Ira. Oh don't be. I have not seen him myself in many years but we connect now and then from opposite side of the world to discuss life. Ahana. But I must have met him. What is his name? Ira. He goes by the name of Sari Vashisht and is popular by the name of Kutaya. Ahana sat dumbstruck for a few moments and remembered the conversation. Ahana. Yes, he did talk about you when we met in jail. Said what a sorry man he was. Ira huffed to the completed sentence with a convex smile. Ira. And marriage is more contractual than emotional. Ahana. So, to what do I owe the pleasure of your presence? Should I consider it some kind of threat for what happened to your husband? Ira. I had zero interest in all his juju works. I always told Kutaya that you are not worth saving. He always thought there was something special about you. You know these men, they can let go all but their ego. His ego was a shit. Ahana. So you follow his path to warn me not to stand for in the general elections? Ira chuckled, stirred, and poured herself a drink and refilled Ahana's. Ira. Kutaya loved to record his voice for me.
reciting his days and events i have plenty to go through they are all fun and bottomless crazy kutaya now i miss him for all the things he won't be there for she smiled remembering him this audio was the last i received from him let us hear together monologue welcome love for the countless anniversaries we were not together for the countless we won't be i'm sorry in the days of reels where affection and attraction is found online i still dive into my memories for there are many to live and relive the time spent with you but we have changed and so has our the sound of his silence was heard era switched on the television in which the headlines read in a turn of events officials state that the body of kutaya turned cold and blue in his extradition process report adds that he stopped breathing but showed no sign of suffocation he has been declared dead further details are awaited ahana i'm sure he did not die it is kutaya he always finds a way out era Excuse me do i smell care rest assured he is not coming back he had outlived his time ida my family has a curse men in our family always die saving others and women well this part of the story has been all about women you asked me if i am here to stop you from standing in the election of course not why would i do that unlike him i have no intentions of saving you and please shield your speech about being capable of using power and money combined because nothing will save you she keeps the glass on the table and prepares to depart ahana who was kutaya saving me from ira tell me something where are your parents they went missing with your right oh the look on your face signals that you know as far as kutaya is concerned he was saving you from me my dear he wanted to stop you from being capable enough to challenge me and my supremacy unfortunately he could not control his wife so he thought to better stop his new found guilt but you already know that he loved you i reflected deeply on why he fell in love with you the answer is very obvious he was a broken man and fell for someone more broken than him ahana you talk too much ira side effect of marrying a man with a gazillion stories talking about stories did he tell you about your miscarriage don't be surprised sister there was no miscarriage you delivered a healthy baby who is safe with me only till you back off she handed ahana the picture album of a baby growing up as tears rolled dried ira she's too now healthy and mine remember kutaya telling fortunes that your ex's husband house was not safe for your unborn child well he planted doubts in every household members he stole your child ira left the room without being seen to the doors ahana touched her scars on the stomach she had a baby she was a mother she called the reception to stop the visitor but ira was gone she wanted her child she ran and so did everyone as if chasing wild dust in the cctv pradeep was seen interacting with ira madari had tried everything to feed the horse He even transferred him to a stable to live with his kind but with no improvement. He was no more his master and his loyalty to Kutaya was taking the best of him. Then one day a very old dwarf man walking with no support of sticks touched the horse's head. The horse neighed. Madari and Sheila could not believe as if the horse ate from the hands of the unknown old dwarf man. Old man. 
men in my family are very good with horses the horse shitted standing as the gold man smiled and lifted a shovel to clean the mess old man the only issue men of my house dig our hands in others shit as well said he placing the shovel on the hanger it belonged the old man was the very person kutaya mentioned as his drinking buddy old man glowing as a morning dew talking with pauses you have met my wife she goes by the name of the painter she is a part of the balancer balancer as an organization has a very long and old unverified history stretching centuries member of this clan strongly believe in some of the ancient text of the organization only the olds in the clan know that they are the keepers and upholders of karma this part of the story is different from the rest finally kutaya is dead i mean literally dead it's good for him the very reason he's dead is that his wife ira has risen from the dead this is an old age curse kutaya is not a vampire but he has been roaming the planet for centuries why just keep listening many centuries ago he was supposed to hold the chair of the governing body of balancers but fell in love with ira they got married in a temple and the holy priest blessed them to have a healthy child the next day the priest died kutaya's mother thought it was an omen she pronounced ira as a witch and locked her in the temple's basement where she starved to death his mother did havens for them to never meet in any incarnation she died but the priest had already blessed them. this backfired at kutaya with the curse of not dying before having a child believe me if he is dead this time he is himself not coming back when sheila shot kutaya his soul left the body and came to me i kept his soul secured when you buried his body deep in the waters my men went and bought the body back this time his soul did not visit me i was his protector and i have served my karma my wife is from the bloodline of the priest that blessed kutaya and ira she believes that it is her duty to make them forth for her great great grandfather to find peace this is where urvi the body found inside the idol comes into play urvi is from the bloodline of ira and my wife sacrificed her inside the idol of goddess durga when the idol was not allowed to submerge in water a part of goddess durga was not allowed to enter heaven the doors of heaven and hell simultaneously opened to check what had happened in the meantime the soul of ira got a free pass to reach my wife and she kept the soul to incarnate ira it is up to you to believe or not i fear my wife and dana don't want her to drag me from heaven even after i die ira and kutaya were cursed that they could not coexist in the same world because of kutaya's mother's offerings now kutaya is dead how will they meet what about the blessing what will my wife do next The best thing is Kutaya took care of this. Kutaya might have found a way to end the loop in the form of Ahana's baby. Now Ira has Ahana's daughter who she wants to make her own. See? I see your faces. I know you both are confused. Oh leave. He thrust his crooked stick which landed a few sharp specks of dust on their faces. You both will forget what I said and remember that Kutaya is dead. Let's face the new normal. I hope the child makes Ira happy. 
Kutaya had indeed found a loophole in the destiny that permitted the curse and bone to end without them coexisting. The fortune written allowed Ira to have a love of a lifetime. Ahana's daughter had all the traits that the supposed child of Ira and Kutaya would have had. The same stars oriented on that day. This meant that the child of Kutaya and Ira somehow took birth from Ahana. They did not have to mate this way and Ira could still have the child written in her destiny. He knew the painter would bring Ira back. He wanted Ira to have the baby and the joy of being a mother which was snatched from her many many years ago. But he did not wish to let Ahana rise to power to challenge the authority of once a witch. Then why did he do all this nonsense of saving Ahana when he already had the baby? Because men will be men and men fall in love with their guilt. The balancers were informed about the rise of Ira and the birth of the child. The PM rolled his chair. Pradeep combed his moustache having the last laughter. Murder after carnival ends with the body of Kutaya floating in the darkest ocean in the new moon background. The ocean burned yellow. Luminous creatures emerged from the bottom of the ocean and pulled Kutaya's body to the deepest, darkest cores and rested his body. The real story begins.